Hit the record button. Hey everyone, my name is Corey. And I'm Sean. And this is the Shadowscape Podcast. I am super excited because the whole point of this podcast is to highlight all the different pieces and parts of the music industry. And there are sometimes parts of the music industry that just don't get talked about that often, mostly because there's just not that many people qualified to, and or we just don't want to hear them rant about it over and over and over again. But today, it's really exciting. We have a photographer who's been in the music industry for quite some time, has photographed so many people that you know, that you've seen, that you've seen his photographs. A few nights ago, he was a complete stranger. But he walked into our office and, well, everybody say hi to Jeff. Hey, folks. Yeah, we met him serendipitously. Uh, we were given an office to keep our gear in downstairs because we've been running and gunning all over the conference. And we walked in and there was just some photography stuff laying <laughs> on our room. And uh, we're like, that's not ours. Although we wish it were. <laughs> yeah. And we were like, we'll keep. Oh, I don't know. Well, actually, you. Okay. Look, keep going, guys, because that's a whole part of the story. That's what I found out today uh, about those lights that I was using. <laughs> um, I fell in love with them. Part of, I mean, if anything came out of Folk Alliance other than meeting you guys, was the fact that I used lights that I've never used in my life. And it was serendipitous. That's the thing about the rental world. Yeah. It's like, there's no buyer's remorse. You're not worried if you're going to buy something and hate it. It's just kind of like, I have this thing. Let's play with it. Let's see if I like it. And let's just experiment. So for all the people in the world who might not know who you are, can you give us just like a 30-second glimpse into maybe what you're working on, who you are, uh, a little bit about your life? No, man. I want to talk about the lights. Because <laughs> that has been the main focus of our our, our conversation Corey and, I, and you and I had yeah. the, the two o'clock this morning. We were talking about even how our conversation evolved into where it evolved to, and it evolved to a point where I wanted to get to bed at one o'clock, yeah. and then you guys, well, dude, it's two o'clock already, <laughs> and we got to this point of of wherever that conversation um, led us into the nuts and bolts of what we're doing. Yeah of how we're lighting things, of how we're understanding what we're doing and, and what's really important in it yeah. to bring out um, our, final, um, our, our final piece of art that we're doing. Um, I, I mean, dude, I could sit here and tell you all about, all about the stuff that, that I've done, all the great people that I've photographed, but I just left a woman who's a singer-songwriter who I photographed while I was here, and our conversation was about our art. Yeah. It was about um, what, is, what does our art mean? Um, what does it mean to us? What, what are we uh, trying to say? Who are we trying to touch? Are we touching people? And are we making a difference? The thing about it is, yeah, I can, I've been, I was working in the corporate world till um, for 18, almost 20 years, decided to quit my job at 40 had intentions of what do I wanted to do and I've done a lot of great things and I photographed a lot of great people and it still comes down to as an artist what am I saying yeah and who am I touching and and what is it all about as an artist and that was the conversation I just had with Amy McCarley who's here and I've known her for a long time and we were just having this conversation over a glass of wine like what are we doing well, that's one thing that fascinates me about your story is you didn't spend your life since 16 with a camera in your hands chasing uh, the dream of being a great photographer. You were working a regular job in the corporate world. What, what does that mean, the corporate world? Were you just uh, on Wall Street? I was wearing a, I was wearing, yeah, yeah. I, I was I was in in Manhattan working the World Trade Center. Yeah, I was gonna say I pictured you in a suit carrying around a briefcase. Got it, dude. Yeah. And at forty, something switched. What flipped that switch and set the genesis in motion and made you chase art? Um, I was dating a woman who one day uh, she was a doctor and she looked at me and says, "You hate your job, you hate your life. The only time you're ever happy is when you're with me," and she was dead on dead on and uh, we split up like three months after that 
I was in this job. I was leaving the World Trade Center uh, in New York City. I was on the one train going home, and I closed my eyes, and I was miserable. And I had taken, gone back to school and went to Parsons and studied for a bunch of years, and I was photographing her, and I was doing it, but I had no plan. I didn't, you know, I didn't know what the heck was going on. But I was on the train and I closed my eyes, put my head back, and I like literally as if she was sitting next to me, said, I heard, Jeff, you hate your job, you hate your life. The only time you're ever happy is when you're with me. And a light bulb went off. And I just said, dude, it's time to grow up. Yeah. And that was my, I was like, it's time to grow up. It's time to do something. I went home and put a list together all night long. And then something clicked. It was photography. I was 33. And even though I had taken these classes and stuff like that, I knew this is what I wanted to do. So I, uh, I wanted to quit my job the next day. And luckily my father called me and said, you're not ready. Yeah. That really pissed me off because I thought I was, but he was right. So I spent the next bunch of years um, it's, it's when you're an artist, you have to, it's gotta be your passion. It's gotta be all that you think of. It's got, it, it's gotta be, you wake up in the morning. That's what you're thinking about. It, it's, it's gotta consume you. And, and Mario Cabrera, who I studied with, he told me that. So if you want to do this, it's gotta be everything that you think about and do. And then we all know artists and that's it. It's like, this is what I need to say. This is what I need to do. This is what I want to do. And one day uh, I was channel surfing and I hit PBS and I saw this interview with Frank Sinatra in black and white on PBS and I stopped and I started watching it. The, whoever was interviewing him said, so what would you tell young singers? And Frank said, well, when you get up in the morning, you're thinking songs. And then when you're making your coffee, you're thinking songs. And then when you're eating breakfast, you're thinking songs. And then after breakfast, you're writing songs. And then you're having your lunch, you're thinking songs. And the people, the, cow, the audience started to laugh, but Frank was, boom, he was dead serious. And he was like, and I, and... And he looked, and, you know, Frank Sinatra looked at the guy and said, now you get it? Yeah. And that's, that's, that's really what it is. Yeah. It, and and, and, and that's, that's what it is. So that's what I did for the next bunch of years. That's all I did. Yeah. I went to work, was miserable from 9 to 5. Like I was telling, just telling Amy, I was the most miserable, per miserable person that you could imagine from 9 to 5 every day. And then I went and I built a dark room and, and did that. And just for the next five years built, um, what I needed to do to eventually quit my job. But in that time period, I got gigs. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. made a, made a very conscious and smart decision. Thanks to my father who said, um, you're not ready to quit your job. You'll know when you're ready. So four years went by and all I did was live, breathe, eat and sleep photography it's all it's all i did it's all i thought about i went to the gym for an hour and then i would be home built a dark room in my kitchen and then would have uh would bring people in and set up broke down my living room and and basically i not to go into all the detail but but it was just all about um i found it i found yeah. what i loved doing and i loved it so much yeah. that i dedicated every waking minute of my life which is what mario cabrera told me and then seeing the thing with frank sinatra told yeah me. yeah i mean frank going and having fun at you know in las vegas that was all afterwards when he was starting out that's all he thought about yeah so were you reading books to learn or were you, were you just turning knobs and and exposing film oh no and that's where what our yeah that's yeah. pretty much how our conversation yeah, yeah. Corey and I, that's kind of how, what we were talking about last night. Um, uh, well, yeah, had a ton of photography books. Yeah. Just to look at, you know, what people were doing. Yeah. 
and and learning um, to see what they were doing. But no, I went, I, like I said, I went back to Parsons in New York City for two years and studied with Mario Cabrera for two years and then went to the School of Visual Arts and to really um, uh, begin to, to learn the craft. Mm -hmm. Like when I walked in here tonight, yeah. our first thing was, so what are you lighting this yeah, way? How yeah. are you lighting that backdrop? I want to learn. Yeah. You know, I'm yeah. All, you always want to learn new things, but I had to go and learn you know, I studied with Mario to learn photography from the inside out, from the dark room out, to, to see light, to study light, to to know what light does, and to um, be meticulous and uh, and just what he he was a drill sergeant. I mean, I got a great story of something that happened one night that had changed my life um, as far as detail, as far as being meticulous about the detail of what you're doing to do it and it's a it's a, a hilarious story at like midnight or one in the morning in the dark room at parsons in new york city and i walked out with a print um and mario you would go to mario say okay here's my print look at it and then he looked at me and said you know what you tell me and I went, I can live with it. And Cabrera just, his eyes got bigger than life. And he went, what? What? You can live with it? Get your white ass back in that dark room. <laughs> and I looked and the whole the dark room was a big room and mm -hmm. all these people just stopped mm -hmm. and I'm sitting, standing there and that changed my life. Yeah. yeah. So what I did is I went back in and for like another hour and a half worked on one print and I walked out and sheepishly, and I'm like 35 friggin' years old. Right, right. And I'm walking out like dad. Passive. And he looked at me and he goes, now that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. That's awesome. And what that did for me was it changed. It's not perfection, but it is. It's, 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 it was looking it's like, Dude, you want to show this stuff to people? Yeah. Well, you better be showing. You better know what you're showing to people. Yeah. You chase it down. You find it. And it's you like, find and, it. and you know it when you got it. Yeah. It's like, you know, you know when you have it. So uh, it was that whole period of time after Parsons, for the period of time of when I realized that this is what I wanted to do, that voice rang in my head. Mm -hmm the whole time mm -hmm. of I need to follow this, the, the Frank Sinatra thing, um, just living it and breathing it and doing it. And, um, and then one day, like my father said, it, I was out to lunch and I went, I'm done. And I walked in and handed my resignation letter in. And I was, it was right before I turned 40 at 39 years old. Mm. And then that New Year's Day, 1999 was my first year of never of not working ever again. Yeah, because it's not work when you love it. Not not at all. It yeah. is at Folk Alliance. I do love. I do love it, but it, it sure is. feels like a right. lot of work. It, it, it my is. body tells me it's work. Right. It, yeah, my body yeah. right now is telling me that it, that's a hell of a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> One thing I I I would love to pick your brain about um, because I, you know I've looked through as much of your portfolio online as I, as I can find and. And I think that there's a, a special connection between a photographer and the subject. And what I feel like you do really well, that m myself as a photographer, I, I don't even know where to start. I'm just guessing, is how, how do you find that it when you're working with another subject who might not be feeling it or might not even know what it is, you know, how to present themselves? Because I feel like, you know, I, I know you've shot a lot of celebrities, and but I'm sure a lot of those are probably just like regular people who, when they get in front of a camera, might not know exactly what to do in that moment. But I, I'd love to mm. talk about your process of just how how do you find that that just magical moment, um, or maybe how do you 
dictate the moment as a photographer or, or do you just wait for it? You know, I just really am not sure. Okay. So it goes back to, there's a, that's a, a multi-layered question um, with a multi-layered answer. Yeah. It, but it goes back to Mario once again and learning as a photojournalist. Because mm -hmm. as a photojournalist, you only have the moment that you have to capture. Right. And you see it. So I did a lot of street photography in New York. And I learned and studied under an AP photographer. A guy who was living for the moment to capture. Henry Cartier-Bessant, you know, Walker Evans, Eugene Smith, Dorothy Lange. All photojournalists who, when they were out, had to capture the moment. They have, they have to be open and aware that there's the moment. Mm -hmm. So that's how I learned. I learned as a photojournalist. And so you become aware of being acutely aware of when that moment is going to, is there mm -hmm. and you know it and you feel it. And it's just a, it's like a synchronicity thing. Um, I didn't choose the path to be a photojournalist because I loved music so much that I did that. And so when I'm in a session with someone that's it. You just, you're, you're, you're staying open uh, as much as you can. I'm open and just wait for that moment to happen, even though I'm setting up lights and I'm directing, kind of directing it and, and, and doing that. It's still about waiting for the moment and you go, whoa, there it is. And you feel it and you see it and you know it and it goes click, click, click. And you could see it in their eyes and, and through to their through to them that, that it's there. And then all we're doing that we learned, all the fundamental, all the basics of the, all the lighting, all of that is just what enhances and bring and that moment. But it's just you can use banks of lights. It doesn't matter if you're not connected in your heart to the person that you're working with and go and feel when the moment happens. And as a journalist, that's what you have to do. Yeah. Well, that's good. That's really good. Um, you know, for you in your specific field of photography and the celebrity photography, was that intentional or, or did you, when you were quitting your job, go like, this is where I want to go genre wise or, or did it kind of happen serendipitously? Like, it seems like a lot of things kind of did for you. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it's, it's, it, uh, Amy, I'm going to give a plug for Amy McCarley. Yeah. She's a wonderful singer songwriter and everybody should know who she is. And it was funny before I came up here that this, we were talking ab about, about all of this, about, um, it, it, when I was working my job in the World Trade Center in New York City, my friend Donna walked up and she goes, What do you want to do with this photography thing that you're doing? And I said, I love music and, and I want, I'm not a musician and I want to, I love music. And so I want to shoot it. Yeah. And she turned around to me and said, oh, uh, my friend's a vice president at RCA Records. <laughs> and I went, really? Fortunate. And she said, um, yeah, let's, I go, can I bring my book up to them? And she was having to be a VP at, at RCA Classics and um, handed my book to the art director and I got um, a photo shoot with James Galway. Serendipity strikes and, again. <laughs> and that's that's you know, and I was still working and yeah. and and whatever. But that that it, so so it's a thing that I ask people when I'm, you know, young photographers or whatever. How'd you do this? I so what what, what do you love doing? What what really do you love? It's not about what you love doing. First of all, what you love. I loved music. And I said, well, I'm a, I love doing photography. Let's put it together. Mm -hmm. So did, you know, did you, when you handed your book off, was it full of pictures of musicians and, and, and things I that were, remember. I, you know, cause I know a lot of people, um, I tell a lot of people when they're like, well, 
you know, I how do I, I want to be like a rock and roll like cover photographer. I want to be like I want to do fashion photography. And, and they're like, but I just don't know how to get there because they're shooting weddings. And I'm like, if you want to be a fashion photographer, you should be shooting nothing but fashion. You should shoot what you want right. to do. You know, I was just curious if if you kind of had branched into that. Well, well, I I shot fashion in New York for five years, mm. and and the way that happened, I think I told I told might have. Corey, I told you the story last night. I met. I know so much more than anyone this podcast will know. <laughs> yeah, we um, back in the day when we were all shooting film, um, photo labs in New York City were the place where you went. All for all the photo labs, all the big photo labs, is where you went and met people. You just you'd go into the photo lab and and photo labs would bring photographers together, people together, and they would have, so this one photo, photo lab in, in Union Square, like once a month or every other, every other week, had a night. And they would invite photographers in and people from the industry into the lab. And uh, I met this dude, Tommy Saint. He looked at my work and I, I, I was doing a homeless project in New York City at the time. And mainly that's what my portfolio was. And it had some other things in it. And he just looked and he said, who taught you how to, how to light things? And I said, Mario Cabrera, I studied at Parsons, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And he said, um, do you ever think of shooting fashion? And I was like, and my, in my head, it was all about American fashion, which is all, you know, geared for middle America. Right. And I had no idea of the world of Italian Vogue and Spanish Vogue and all right. of that stuff. And he just said to me, he goes, yeah, just, you know, see where you have that homeless guy there? Put a model there. <laughs> yeah. And I went, really? Do exactly what you did with someone beautiful and well-dressed. And, and I didn't even know that existed. And then the next day I walked into Barnes & Noble and he goes, go check out these magazines. And I did. And I went, oh, wow, this is really cool stuff. Yeah. And then I saw a book by Peter Lindbergh and that just was like, all right, I'm going to give this a shot. Yeah. And I did it for five years. Mm. And I wound up, like, my last photo shoot was, like, 12 pages for Spanish Vogue. Nice. And then I, I – but I never had a, a goal with that. The bottom yeah. line is, dudes, I like pretty women. Yeah. <laughs> and not, that not was a terrible that, gig if that's the really, case. Really, yeah. that, that was yeah. – but, but, but that's kind of how – all of that came about and 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 it was really easy because it real was really taking a real pretty model and putting her in a urban situation so it was like shooting it's like being a photojournalist so if everybody out there and you guys would look at Peter Lindbergh's work that's what he did and it was and it was fascinating so you journalistic in instincts took over with makeup artists and stylists and all of that stuff. Right. But basically you were like on the city streets of New York city in the grittiest of gritty with a model in gray clothes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Really expensive clothes. What really a expensive clothes. What a contrast. And, yeah. and, and, and it was a lot of fun for a while yeah. until back again, the, my love of music. And I went, yeah. I got to follow that. Good yeah. for you. So you talk about learning and, and, you know, like you, we've, we've got onto a lot of learning conversations and, you know, just swapped a lot of ideas and stories. Um, what, what, what do you look for right now? Like, are, how are you pushing yourself? Are you just kind of staying aware of what you don't know and what you might want to know? Or is, is there certain things in your life that you're specifically trying to just grow in as a photographer? As an, it's not a photo as a photographer. I mean, we're in a place right now, a folk alliance, with a lot of artists. Mm -hmm. So it's about being an artist. Yeah. And once again, Amy and I were just talking about yeah, being yeah. artists in this world. So as an artist, if you're... I learned this from... Oh, I'm going to drop a name. Um, <laughs> I did Cat and, Hot, Cat and Hot Tin Roof on Broadway um, with James Earl Jones, Felicia Rashad, um, Terrence Howard, and Anikanoni Rose, and Giancarlo Esposito, and a whole bunch of other people. And I was fortunate enough to hang out with James Earl Jones every night. And hang uh, out with Darth Vader, man. Really. <laughs> and and he became the my father had passed away like a year before, so James just became this surrogate father, and we had this great relationship. But it was about um, being artists, yeah, together, yeah, and and. 
I, I said to him, I asked him one night, so how he was 78 at the time or 77 at the time. And he was my mother's age. And I said, man, I mean, you don't really need to be doing this. And he that voice, like, what else would I be doing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, but his thing was, I just want to learn more. Yeah. I mean, here's James Earl Jones at 78. A master. Saying a master at what yeah. he was doing and saying, I'm learning every single night that I'm out there. Mm -hmm. And he looked at me and he said, that's what you have to do. You, it's always, what am I learning? Like when I walked in here tonight. Right, right. Said, so how, dudes, how are you guys lighting this? Yeah. I want to learn more of, of like, well, yeah, what, what don't I know? I don't know everything. Yeah. Believe me, I, what do we know? Yeah. A, a, a mere six, one sixteenth of what we want to know. Yeah. Right. So it's about learning more and, and and wanting to grow as artists, you know, because if you, if you're not doing that, you know, like James said, the day I stop learning, oh, this is going to be the day I die. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, you almost see that even with particularly older men, you know, when they retire from these long jobs and they're like, I'm just going to sit on the beach. And in two years they're, they're dead. They're dead. They're dead. Yeah. yeah. There's nothing to live for. Mm -hmm. And I think you're kind of reframing my entire mind just as we, I keep saying, so as a photographer and you keep reminding me as an artist, and I right. think that I'm realizing like, man, maybe that's why there's some days when I, I, you know, talking to my wife going, I don't, I'm not exactly sure what I'm doing. Like, but there are these moments of, of great, inspiration where it's like this would be a great gallery or this would be fun or this would be cool to do but i have no reason to do it but it seems like that would really energize me but i i get so vocational about it sometimes yeah. because all my brain's going pay the bills how can pay i the bills, monetize pay the bills. this and yeah. but and sometimes that works but uh you know i i feel I I'm I'm so welcoming this moment where I'm being reminded like that we're here to create art. Yeah. Yeah, we're here and, to and, dig and, into that. And we're a mere sliver of this whole world. Yeah. Artists are just we're like I was just telling Amy once again. We it's amazing <laughs> we that should we have having, Amy having, up here. We should, yeah, we should have I should have we should have brought her <laughs> up here, great. but but we um and we always question ourselves as artists. We're neurotic. Where you know it, where it's because it's that's where what we do. Yeah. What what can I write as a songwriter right now? Um, what am I doing? Am, and and we get bored easily, because it's it's always that it's an adventure of trying to create something something new and something different, and and reinventing ourselves and going through this period and that period, but it's about learning. I mean, and, and then finding the funkiest places of learning. I mean, I've been learning from you guys. Yeah. I, I mean, I learned so much from you guys, just our conversation until yeah. two in the morning last night of, oh, wow. Well, likewise. Yeah. yeah I, I felt and, like I was, I felt like a, a very fortunate sponge last night. Just, to, <laughs> you know, it, it's that, I, I think that's, that's a really good viewpoint and, and why things like Folk Alliance or, or just groups of people, groups of photographers or groups of just different mixed media artists of, of all kinds, I think there's so much power in just spending time together, even even if it's just around coffee and, and just talking about what, what inspires us, what we care about, what moves us, uh, because there are there is just, there's not a moment we can't be stretching ourselves and growing and hearing your your perspective and it's just uh i absolutely agree I, but i think i think a lot of times we get we get in these modes where they're so particularly maybe it's just like the people kind of in our friend group or the people that um are our age but everyone is so career-minded that yeah. there's it's far and few between that 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 we i we peer into these minds where it's like they're just lost. Just in this. be free. Yeah. I feel like so many times we are confined and a slave to um, trying to survive that we're killing ourselves. Yeah. It's like we're so obsessed with trying to survive that we're killing ourselves. And if we would just let go and be more like you, well, <laughs> a lot more well, art would come out. What? Well, it's survival consciousness Yeah, is 
a learned conditioned yeah. aspect of our minds. And then it's about shifting that into abundance consciousness mm-hmm. where, um, but, and that begins with um, knowing how good you are. And one of the things that I learned from James Galway in Chicago, and I was still working my day job. And one of the things that I did, even with, with James, I mean, I asked him and one of my, when I was starting out at 40 and I got that gig in Chicago going to shoot James Galway, we all went out to, to dinner after the shoot and it just popped into my consciousness. I looked at him and I said, so how did you get to be where you are? I mean, at that time, he was arguably the best flute player in the world, him and Jean-Pierre Rampal. And I said, he goes, what do you mean? I said, how did you get to be at this level of where you are? And the story was fascinating. But underneath it all was, I, I mean, Jimmy... I don't know if he still does, but Jimmy practices eight hours a day. That's a full-time When he's job. not doing a concert. Yeah. He's practicing at, at his craft. And, and that's what you have to do. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's always practicing. And, um, but the, the thing about it was he was, he said I was in Galway, obviously he worked, he lived in Galway, Ireland. He said, I was in Galway doing my thing. And, uh, one of the gentlemen who he was doing a duet record for in the classical world, he's shooting like five, six CD covers in one photo shoot. And that's how it works in the classical world. So he had Philip Mall there. who was a piano player who was in the Berlin symphony orchestra. And Philip called him and said, the lead flute player is leaving. And Jimmy said, I knew that was my job. Mm. And he's telling the story and I'm listening. And I said, he goes, I knew that that was my job. And I said, why? And he said, I knew the flute player, but I knew what I could bring to that gig, mm-hmm. to that job. I, I knew. So the, the bottom, I looked at him, I said, I want to be you when I grow up. <laughs> I want to know how good I am. As artists, you know, and him too, we we doubt that a lot. Yeah. And we, we go into that doubt place of am I am I good enough? You know, Punishing am I, ourselves. Yeah. yeah. So it's about being with that. But he knew how what he could bring as an artist and as a flute player that will enhance the woodwind section of the Berlin Symphony Orchestra. Mm -hmm. And I looked at that and I was amazed by that. Mm -hmm. So I set out that anybody that I photographed and worked with, I asked them that question. I asked James Earl Jones that question. I asked Anikanoni Rose that question. I asked Felicia Rashad that question. I asked Quincy Jones that question. Everybody who I got a chance to work with, I asked them, so how... You know, what did you do? I wanted to know the steps to take, but it was not steps to take. Mm-hmm. Michael Jordan knows how good he is. Yeah. Did you shoot him? No, no, <laughs> oh. no, I didn't. But in that world, yeah. the, the, those, Wayne Gretzky yeah. knows how good he is. Yeah, they don't question. Mark Messier knows how good he is. We're in Canada, so I'm throwing out hockey right. games. Yeah, yeah. But, but uh, they all... They all just knew. They all knew. They all knew it, but they all worked their butts off, which goes back to Frank Sinatra mm-hmm. and Mario Cabrera. Mm-hmm. You got to keep on working and working and working at it. And I started learning, and I went, okay, if I really want to do this, um, the gigs and talking to these people is great, but I really have got to just... So at the beginning, I... S- spent every waking minute and hour and moment in the dark room mm. or I was shooting and then I was in the dark room and then I was learning. And then I was talking and I was, and I, you breathe and all of those people, like I, why I mentioned Jimmy practices eight hours a day. Yeah. 
what? And that's because A, he loves it, and B, he wanted to be great. Yeah. He wanted to, he wanted to do it. And right now I'm I'm reading Bruce Springsteen's autobiography, and same thing, same story. He he knew that he was good. He knew he had something to bring, but he also knew. And what's cool about it, how many times he would see a guitar player and was so humbled mm -hmm. that he goes, he had his, the doubts. Am yeah. I good enough? I mean, just think about Springsteen going, am I good enough? Yeah. <laughs> After seeing guitar player going, what? Yeah. Am I, yeah. Am I good? And, and, and the roads that he took, but he had a focus and a vision of what he wanted, what he wanted to say with what he was doing and how he wanted to touch people and what he wanted people to bring away from him giving them the experience at a show. Mm -hmm. Do you know what that is for you? Do you know what you want people to? Yeah. What is it? It took me a while. And, 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 and I go back to Cabrera, um, his whole thing. The dude was a drill sergeant. Like I told, you know, yeah. get your white ass back in the, he <laughs> drove me. I mean, really drove me. And uh, to look at what you're doing, what are you trying? It was always, so what, Fasano, what do you want to say? What do you want, what do you want to say? What do you want to say with your work? You got to know what you want to say with your work. And I was like, wow. And I didn't. And then one day he just said, so what do you want to say? What do you, he goes, no, actually it was, okay, I, now I've seen this body of work you're putting together out of these portraits of these people that you're taking. So what are you saying? And I looked at it and I was like, I like seeing the beauty of people. He goes, no, no, that's not it. And I said, okay, so what is it? He goes, I'm not going to tell you. You have to know that. Mm -hmm. And you got to know that. That's got to come from you. And I got really pissed. He goes, I'm, I'm not <laughs> telling you. I'm not telling you. Do you what, think he knew and he didn't he, want to He tell knew you? exactly okay. what I was saying with my work. Yeah. He could see it in, in what I was capturing in a homeless per person in New York City, uh, their face. It, 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 it was what Walker Evans uh, captured in people. It's what Dorothea Lange captured in people. It's what Eugene Smith captured in people, which is why they were masters. And when I looked at them... And, and saw it, I said, I want to do that. But it's not about I want to do that. I want to capture that. Yeah. And I don't even know what the hell that is, yeah. but I'm feeling it. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm feeling. It's like a great song. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, I saw Madison Violet tonight, and they have this song that I literally had tears rolling. And I was like, that is how good somebody is. Mm -hmm. yeah. So that's what you wa I wanted to do. I would look into what Walker Evans did during the depression in New York City and the, what was in those people's eyes. And I said, that's what I want to do. I had no freaking clue. And all of a sudden I was doing it and Mario said, I'm not going to tell you what you're saying. You are saying it, but you got to figure that out, dude. Um, so, uh, I was like, all right. And, and I didn't know it. I just said, oh, I see the beauty beneath the, somebody's, he goes, no, man, that's not it. And I was like, all right. So that's really important. And I didn't know it. And I, I, I really didn't know it. And then a whole bunch of years later, I, um, would look at me, go to like Barnes and Noble. And I said, I want to shoot for these magazines because that was the vehicle back in those days of how to reach a lot of people and how to meet people and go into magazines and magazines paid well back in the day. And then I wound up, I said, I want to shoot for Gotham magazine in New York city it was a brand new magazine. And, uh, one of the greatest experiences of my life of being exposed to artists, other artists that I didn't like, I shot chefs in New York City. I shot architects and I shot interior designers. And I was so enthralled about these artists. So I would sit with them and go, tell me about how do you decorate a room? 
What, you know, what is your art? I love the artistic process of musicians, of how you write a song. So that's what I did. And then one of the editors was starting a new section. They said, we're going to do up and coming artists, up and coming actors. And the first person we did was Terrence Howard. And I didn't know who he was. We did the photo shoot and we became fast friends. And then um, back in when Crash and Hustle and Flow came out, he was in New York City and he called me and said, hey, bro, come on down and bring your portfolio. So I brought my portfolio down and at a break, he starts looking at it and he's going, whoa, whoa. And then he gets into a photograph of him who that wasn't in the magazine that I shot of him in the suite looking out the window and he stopped and he goes, holy fuck, <laughs> you captured my soul. That's what you do. Mm. And I went, shit, that's what Mario <laughs> was trying to yeah. find. And then I, I told Mario, he goes, that's what you do. Mario said, I saw it back then. He goes, that's what you do. You, you capture the soul of the person. And Terrence was looking through it. He goes, all of these photographs, that's what you're doing. I, he goes, I don't even know that guy that you took that. Uh, he goes, I'm looking at me and you just, I don't even know that person. Mm. And then uh, I uh, eventually, I did a thing um, on Broadway w in that show. And uh, one of the things that you do uh, a tradition is everybody's involved with the show. You give on opening night, everybody gives everybody gifts. So I wound up, I was photographing it long before opening night. So I decided to give everybody in the cast and the understudies photos that I had just been shooting. So this one night, I opening night, I just laid all these packets of five by sevens and eight by tens and 11 by 14s in everybody's dressing room. And after the show, we're all waiting to go to the after party. And uh, we're all standing out there. And James Earl Jones goes, where's that photographer? <laughs> In that big bellowing voice. And I stand there and everybody, eyes were on me. And I went and. Anika Noni Rose, who was like the sister I never had, goes, you got to get in there. You got to. <laughs> and the producers looked at me. Like, and I went, oh, my God. So I walked into the dressing room, and he's holding a photograph of him smiling and laughing. Mm -hmm. And he goes, I don't know this man that you took a photograph of. I don't know this side of me. Yeah. Because he's a very serious dude. And he goes, you captured a part of me that I don't know. And nobody's ever done that. And he called his wife in. And then I was like, oh, I get it. I get what I do. And I know that's a long-ass story, no, dudes. No, I'm crying. That, <laughs> it's that, so... That is what... Yeah. That's how you, you find what I am you here to do yeah how crazy to find yourself in being yourself yeah but not forcing yourself into it it's just your own self said here you go you've you've earned it you've worked and you've worked and you've slaved and you've stayed consistently seeking the answer and it it finally let you have it that's really cool man. yeah and 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 that was mario's thing and, I think I need for to all artists. Meet Mario. <laughs> well, well, really what it is is that let's go back to just being artists. Um, we got to know what we want to say, what we're saying, what's in, what's in our heart and our soul, and what do we want to say to somebody? Yeah. What do we want to say to somebody with, with our, our art? How do we want to affect somebody with the song we're writing or the painting we're painting? or the sketch we're making, or the photograph we're making. Um, Eugene Smith and, and Dorothea Lange and Walker Evans did that for me. In the eyes of people in New York City during the Depression, and what they captured in, in those moments, and I go, that's what I want to do. Mm -hmm. and, um, 
And in those moments, you just feel it. You just know it and you feel it, you see it. And if, and then if you can, if you really open up and allow yourself to open your heart in those moments that you're doing it, you'll feel that person. You'll feel that person in the moment. And, and one of the things I learned um, by watching Inside the Actors Studio and Gwyneth Paltrow was on. And uh, what's his name? I met him. The guy was who, who, and Bruce, uh, James Lipton. He asked, you know, so what do you do? And she said, the key to it all is to how deeply I'm going to allow myself to open up and feel vulnerable in the moment. So then I can be open and available and real and honest in the moment that I'm doing what I'm doing and let go of all of that. And that, that's what, what is important. So when I'm doing a photo shoot, that's what I'm doing. It's like, how am I going to just stay as open as I possibly can to, to capture the moment? So the key is you can't make it about yourself. Yeah. You can never make it about, it's not about you. It's about you just being open and you've studied and worked long enough to have the tools and all that, but still it's about, it's about that part of opening up your heart in that moment to totally be available to when you're shoot, when I'm photographing somebody that it's not, it's all about them. I'm just like the medium yeah. that's going to bring it out in <laughs> them and by being available. And then all the years I studied technically to do it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's awesome, man. That's good, man. I want to keep doing this for a long time. I do know that we have to wrap it up and that there's a, man. I know. This, <laughs> this, this is, is the first podcast that's like brought it <laughs> but um for everyone out there who's now obviously inspired and wants to, to to dig in deeper to who you are where's the best place for us to find you uh my photographic work at uh, jeffasano.com okay Will you spell that out for people who it's who don't know how to spell your last name j-e-f-f-f-a-s-a-n-o.com okay. perfect awesome i can't thank you enough for sharing your heart with us today Sean's gonna go take a bunch of photos for the next four hours it, no <laughs> actually I want to clarify like what like the way you touched me in this conversation I'm not a photographer at heart I am a songwriter at heart but the things that you talked about about um living uh oh how did we f- you phrased it so well but instead of living for survival, we, we live in abundance. We exist in abundance. And I've realized that that's one of the greatest mistakes that I've made with my own art since I picked up a guitar. Um, yeah. The abundance is inherent naturally within us. And, and what am I good at? What do I love doing? The, that's the that's where the abundance begins. It's excuse me. It's not about abundance, about how much money you have, or how much stuff you have, or anything like that. And you know, it's all written in self help books. But the abundance is in us. Yeah. Um. And as artists, it's always about my next song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I got to write another song. Mm-hmm. I got to write another song. And for what it's worth, just not to get into a long conversation again, but like. I think that you have just not noticed the abundance because that insatiable feeling that we've talked about on countless car rides is that you have, there's this new idea, there's this new feeling, and there's something in you that won't allow you to stop, even when depression has wanted you to stop, even when circumstances made you feel like you want to stop. There is an insatiable part of you, and I feel like that's kind of part of the, the abundance that is there it's like i'm here and like but you, you have to open up and be vulnerable to, to 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 believe that that abundance is there and it's it's not you don't have to survive anymore like the abundance yeah. is trying to get you out of that and, and yeah. opening your heart to let it to, to for a place for it to land um when somebody says dude i really what you wrote 
really touched me. And then to be aware and conscious enough to what happens in that moment within you. Do you shut down or do you open your heart to let that land and say thank you and let it affect you in that moment? And that's how you build abundance. Um, and I go through it, you know, it's, it's, you know, when people say, oh, wow, I really love your work. Oh, thanks a lot. I got to go on to the next thing. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. As opposed to like stopping in the moment and let that affect yeah. you. Thank you for your love. Thank you for that. And, and mm -hmm. allow it to sink in because then that's a part that builds abundance. Yeah. And, and why did that person say, I love your work or love your song? goes back to because you touched them. That really affected me. Thank you. It affected me. Well, then you're doing your, as in Bruce's book, then you're doing your job. Mm -hmm. If you want to look at it that way, then you're doing your job. That, yeah. As an artist, you do, you, that's your job is to affect people. Yeah. Well, I know I didn't say much this podcast, but it really affected me. Oh, cool. So thank you. I loved thank it, you. man. I thought you said some great things. Oh, well, no, I just, I was perfectly content just sitting here and like a, you got to sponge last night. I got to sponge yeah. tonight. I appreciate uh, it. Well, I was a, also a sponge last night. <laughs> we can all learn something from Corey. Um, <laughs> I'm just here to help. But <laughs> I think we've learned tonight. Yeah. We got to learn what we want to say. Hey, well, the I, biggest thing I learned is those friggin' new those new pro photo lights. <laughs> Get them. This the podcast is sponsored by pro photo. Last night. <laughs> Hashtag pro photo. Oh, <laughs> really? I, I, I was I was talking to the guy yeah. where I rented it for like an hour this afternoon. There's some good stuff out there, man. Really? Well, Jeff, thank you so much for being on our podcast. Oh. I, I really hope that you guys will go check out his work. Yeah. Book a shoot with him if you, if you can someday. Get famous and then book a shoot with we're him. It'll be awesome. Musician, every musician we know, we're sending your direction. Oh, right? thanks, yeah. guys. We appreciate your time. Yeah. My name is Corey. My name is Sean. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We'll talk to you later. You've been listening to the Shadowscape podcast. This podcast was created by Shadowscape Records in Kansas City, Missouri. For more information, check us out online at shadowscaperecords.com. You can also find us at facebook.com slash shadowscape records, Instagram at shadowscape records, and Twitter at shadowscape jams. Mm -hmm.